The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. As always, giving you the instant reactions after the New York's Giants games on Sundays. And finally, for the first time, in a while, we can finally talk and discuss a New York Giants victory. The losing streak is now over for the Big Blue. The nine-game losing streak that stretched over multiple months in this season is done after a victory over the Miami Dolphins, 36-20. to Leading into our first positive, and this completely sums up the entire game, is that the Giants actually went out there and beat and played well against a team that they were expected to be to to be better than. A team that is not a good football team. They actually finally played significantly better than them. And keeping it as simple as that, that was why they, they, they won that game. It's because they were the better football team on that field, and they played like it for once. I'm not sure if this is a feel-good win, just because the Dolphins are just that bad. Uh, towards the end of the game, they had a stat up on the board that the Dolphins are second in the league in players on injured reserve. We already know they traded away most of their best players, except for really Devontae Parker and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) And the Dolphins also had something like 20 or 23 undrafted free agents on their roster. This is a team the Giants should beat every time. And really, the game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was for as long as it was. But the difference in the game was just that both teams had opportunities and the Giants had the players to capitalize on their opportunities. They were able to score touchdowns when Miami wasn't. They either had, they were off the field, like on that fourth and one stop, great stop by Dalvin Tomlinson, we'll get to that. And then a missed field goal. And it's plays like that that were the difference in the game. You do really have to take this win you know, with a grain of salt because, like you said, this team was at the, the bare base of their roster. They were so stripped and pulled apart of every piece of talent that they had, except for maybe a few players, because their goal, and you don't want to admit in the NFL, is to tank, but their goal was to move as many assets that didn't want to be a part of this rebirth in Miami and turn them into draft picks and bring them in and build a mold 
for Brian Flores. Now, I think this team eventually will work because Brian Flores is a very good coach. That being said, though, going out there and playing against a team that this that is that bad, it, it's just it, it's good to see that the Giants actually played better than average to below average, and were able to come out with a win. And I, Chris, I don't know if you're a basketball fan or if any of our listeners are are Knicks fans at all, but I was kind of thinking of, of the, this comparison here is that while the Knicks were have been very bad for a few years, and right now they're they're not that great of a basketball team, but they're very very young. And all you're really looking for the, for them is to at least go out there and fight. If they're going out there and they got all these young guys out there, then if they're making mistakes, at least go out there and fight. And they were able to go out there and do that. Maybe they're not going to win a lot of games this year, which the Giants did not do, but they were able to actually fight and play well against this team and get a victory and get a W in the uh, in the win column. Yeah, exactly. The Giants were able to fight through a lot of their early mistakes and let their preponderance of talent kind of carry them through the second half you know we saw Saquon Barkley finally get going we saw Sterling Shepard finally get going and that was enough to carry the Giants past the Dolphins certainly and they they were actually kicking and swinging for once and we were able to see that in a, a clear victory but transitioning to our next positive that we have from this game actually giving you a little bit more in-depth <laughs> breakdown than we were giving with our first positive but the first one here that we have is the run game was actually moving and they were able to establish the run game they were able to get more carries for Saquon Barkley and establish a consistent rushing attack Saquon finally goes over the century mark for the first time in a very very long time there's a slight potential he could end up over the 1,000-yard mark this season if he has two very, very good games to close out the year. But he had 112 yards rushing, 4.7 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. But he wasn't the only running back to hit pay dirt. Buck Allen, who they started to lean on in the very end of the game, and it was clear that they were going to take Saquon out and not use him as much because he had such a good day, put Buck Allen in. Buck Allen is able to get some some holes paved open for him and have those good rushing lanes, had a big long run. He was 7 for 30 for one touchdown. So overall, a great day running the football. They were able to actually run the ball, and you can see the correlation between a good run offense and being able to throw the ball, not just throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. I think a lot of it comes because they were able to get that volume of carries in the second half after they had gotten the lead. We saw Saquon finally start to really cut and make defenders miss the way he had last year. He he didn't have any of the big breakaway runs like we saw last year, and that's fine. But we also really didn't see him stopped at or stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. We saw him, even when the Dolphins were able to get penetration, force the missed tackle opportunities and turn what could have been a very short run into a five or six yard carry. And when you're doing that 25 times a game, that is really all you can ask for out of a running back. I think the one thing that, and I'm sure you could agree with me, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me, that was holding back Saquon Barkley and why he wasn't having these big stat lines. And when I say holding him back, what was preventing him from having big games like he did last year is that he wasn't able to find 
those big explosion plays. And as we know in the style of running back that Saquon Barkley is, is that he is a guy that will you know, run up the middle for three yards every couple times, but he's really looking for that 20, 25-yard rush, and he's going to bounce things outside. And we saw a lot during the year because he wasn't fully healthy that he kept trying to do that, and he was getting tackled behind the line of scrimmage. So he seems like he's in a little bit more of a rhythm. The offensive line was doing a really good job against a, a below-average defensive line and, and getting some push. And once Saquon was getting the line of scrimmage, he was able to bounce things outside and significantly outplay a bunch of guys that aren't even close to as athletic as he was. So just having Saquon look like normal Saquon just makes me all the more happy. And I'm sure you can completely agree with me on that one, Chris. Yeah, definitely. For me personally, it was nice to see him show some maybe a little bit more patience and vision behind the line of scrimmage. There were a couple times where it didn't look like there was going to be anything there for him, but he paused and was able to set up his blocking and find a crease and explode through it. That's something we, especially this year, haven't really seen from him as he hasn't had the explosion after his injury to really take advantage of those quick creases that would open up. So that was really good to see. And if he doesn't have any more great games this year, we can't blame his, blame his injury anymore because he definitely looks healthy. Yeah, we really saw him looking healthy and he took a couple rough hits here or there and he was able to bounce right back up, but completely fine. I, I, I'm sure everyone thinks the same way, but whenever Saquon goes down now, I'm always worried that he's not going to get right back up, but he looked completely fine, um, looked explosive as he was. And maybe you attribute the fact that he wasn't hitting those creases properly. It was also because he didn't have as many of those creases as he did today. But our next positive that we had is another pat on the back for the offensive line. So finally a full game by the offensive line, albeit against a pretty bad Dolphins defense, they were able to look pretty good. That was also with Nick Gates stepping in and playing for Kevin Zeitler. If I am correct, he stepped in and played for him because of uh, an injury sustained last game. Not the full unit, but they looked pretty good. Lots of time for Eli Manning to throw, although he did not exactly take advantage of it on every single passing opportunity, which we saw with the three interceptions, but they only allowed one sack, and they gave him plenty of time to operate. Things looked easy for once instead of consistent ongoing pressure. Yeah, and I happen to be looking at the game center on next-gen stats right now, and really kind of for once, the Giants quarterback, in this case Eli Manning, had basically an average pocket to play out of. The Dolphins only had one player get on average closer than league average to Eli, and that was Avery Moss, and he only got a third of a yard closer than league average. And out of all of it, the Dolphins only got one sack. So Really, that is a good performance that the Giants had to have from their offensive line. And it was a performance they really should have had against one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL. I would argue that they have the worst pass rush in the NFL. So, again, take it as you will with the only allowing one sack. But the whole point of, of acknowledging these positives and negatives is in, in specific games, what worked and what didn't work, we need to give acknowledgement to good performances so I get it that they weren't playing anyone very good but allowing only one sack and giving Eli Manning a lot of time is a positive they looked good and it was actually noticeable that they were doing things right for once last positive that we have 
here is that the defensive line and pass rush, I would argue, had a very good game. Now, they did allow over 100 yards rushing, but they did not allow a rusher over 50 yards. They also did allow some odd statistics to Ryan Fitzpatrick on the ground, which we'll be getting to in the negatives. But additionally, they had three sacks, one from Tomlinson, one from McIntosh, and also a half a sack combo from O'Shane Zimenez and Marcus Golden. Yeah, I mentioned before that we'd be getting to Dalvin Tomlinson, and I think I might be establishing myself as his biggest fan, but he had himself one hell of a game. He was basically responsible for the fourth and one stop early in the game in the first quarter that really kept the Dolphins out of the end zone. I believe it was their opening drive. And then he had that sack later in the game. He was really mauling the Dolphins' offensive line all game long. And that is just really good to see from a guy who right now is the Giants' longest tenure defender. Across the board, there was consistent penetration with the amount of capital that has been invested in that defensive line. It's good to say that they were able to go out there and and ball out and, and make as many plays in the backfield as they did. They were able to get the safety, which was not from defensive linemen, but uh, it was still good contain, good gap presence from everyone on the defensive line. You need everyone to be gap sound for a play like that that's tried to be bounced out to be uh, to be tackled for a, a significant loss and for a safety. So they looked very, very good against a bad offensive line. Still, though, stuff that you like to see that's how you win a football game and having a good performance from your defensive line and not allowing anyone to establish a consistent run game. That's all we have for our positives. Now we're going to talk about our few negatives and... As you might guess, I say this every time we do a show, when there's a loss, there's more negatives than positives. But for once, we have more positives than negatives. We're going to take a very quick commercial break, and then we'll get to those. On to the two negatives that we have from today's game. First one, and this one just requires just a bit of a conversation about because of who they allowed it to. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is one of the oldest quarterbacks in the NFL, who is probably one of the least athletic quarterbacks, I would argue. If you think differently, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, anyone, uh, for from any of our listeners. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, not an athletic guy, and they allowed him to scramble and extend plays early. They were collapsing the pocket, but they weren't finishing sacks early on in the game. That was a little bit questionable. That was a little bit concerning that they weren't able to do that especially considering how much they've put into that defensive line and pass rush um, in being able to make those plays on a guy that's not not that athletic of a quarterback could be because he had 33 rushing yards on four carries. He was able to pick up multiple first downs. So just seeing him do that in the beginning of the game really was some cause for concern. Yeah, it was, I would say, almost disturbing to see Ryan Fitzpatrick outrunning Alec Ogletree to pick up a first down. Now, granted, later in the game, Ogletree kind of got his revenge with that big hit as Fitzpatrick tried to do a little bit too much and maybe tried to pick up a first down that just wasn't going to be there. And ultimately, the ball came loose and apparently just before his knee touched the ground. So the Giants got the turnover there, which, you know, really good. But 
still not the best look for Ogletree in the beginning of the game. Yeah, and to put things into perspective here, so that we, we were just praising the defensive line and pass rush, and now we're, we're, we're giving them a hard time. But the reason why we were praising them is that was that they were able to make that offensive line look bad. They were able to cause them fits. They were able to cause a lot of problems. And they were doing that pretty much the whole game. But it took them until later on in the game to actually hit home and get those sacks. So those three sacks are nice, but they could have taken them down more often than that. The, the play that you alluded to by Alec Ogletree just made me shake my head, and I almost completely forgot about it because watching him struggle to track down and make a play on Ryan Fitzpatrick because he couldn't redirect quick enough and track him, it's just uh, all the more proof that they need to move on from him and, and bring in a new middle linebacker. But talking about this situation and not being able to contain early on in the game also goes in line with something that you and I noticed that the, the defense – just was not very strong in the first half. They were able to flip that switch and finish off the game strong halfway through the third quarter or so, but still not, not an incredible performance from them early on. Yeah, the Giants' defense didn't get a stop on the Dolphins' side of the field until the third quarter, and it really seemed through the first two quarters of the game that the Dolphins' offense, as bad as they are, was moving the ball really at will, especially through the air. The Giants were able to get them to start a drive on the two-yard line, but the Dolphins responded with a 98-yard drive. As good as the Giants' defense played in the second half, especially as they were able to play with a lead, which has been very rare for them this year, they did not play that well in the first half. No, they did not really have as good of a performance as they could have to start off the game, did end up getting their feet underneath them to finish things off. Last negative that we have here is pretty obvious. I would assume that you would, as a listener, would be probably able to guess what this last negative is, and that's the three interceptions from Eli Manning. And, you know, it's not like we're talking about Daniel Jones here where, where we're discussing mistakes and how he can develop and, and correct them and take that step forward. This is Eli Manning who's been with the Giants for his whole career. So having him throw three picks just almost puts them out of the game and can almost – take them out of it completely, which he did on all three of them. He kept them from continuing and extending drives. So just the, having three of those picks, just not good as a football team. You can't win football games if you don't win the turnover margin. No, and they were just ugly interceptions as well. Yeah, The argument could be made that perhaps Eli thought that the player he was targeting was going to keep running and didn't or something like that. But he has to be able to see those defenders when they're in position to just step in front of the ball like that. And historically speaking, if you are negative two in the turnover margin, you only have about a 40% chance of winning that game. Now, granted, the Giants won by 16 points, and it was only that close because of a late score by the Dolphins. They were lucky they were playing a team that is as bad as Miami is if they're going to be giving the ball up that much. Certainly, and if you if you play a good team down the road or next season when it's likely back to Daniel Jones, you can't win football games against a good team if you turn the ball over three times. I think, though, just seeing the three interceptions from Eli does clarify to anyone that maybe was doubting if Daniel Jones was the right guy. I, I just think that 
it's proof that the Giants do need to move on after this season. I don't think anyone's really at that point that they're still doubting if Daniel Jones needs to be the guy that the, the keys are handed to. But it, it clarifies the fact that Eli might have a little bit left in the tank, but not enough to be the, the Giants' starting quarterback of, of the future with whatever coach is brought in. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I don't see the Giants giving Eli a, another contract because his contract is up at the end of the year. You know, We'll have to see if Eli gets the opportunity to compete for a starting job somewhere else. I'm not sure where that would be right now. We'll probably have to wait until the offseason begins to play out how various coaching vacancies open up and fill and just what happens around the league. Yeah, certainly we're going to have to see how things plan out and how they end up turning out with all the coaching vacancies and all that. There's two games left, though, for the Giants. There's plenty of time to see some evaluation of these younger guys. We're going to take a look at the tape. We're going to get back to you on Tuesday as we do because we are now on a normal week. We're not on a short week because of a Monday night game. All that being said, thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at Big Blue View. And you can follow Chris and I. Follow me at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And also follow Chris at Raptor M-K-I-I. Feel free to reach out to us on social media. If you ever have any questions, thoughts, anything, feel free to reach out to us, whether you want us to get back to you on social media or on the podcast. We will gladly do so. Have a wonderful rest of your day after a Giants victory. Peace.